0: So good morning everybody. Today is a, is a unique uh, time for us together where we are going to see a living, uh, a living sermon, a testimony of something God has done uh, in, in two very special people. They're near and dear to me and to many of you and uh, we're going to see them renew their vows before the Lord. You'll hear a little bit more of their story later. Uh, the, one of the dominant ways that God talks about his church, have you heard this before? The Bride of Christ, which some guys feel pretty weird about. It's not weird. Uh, we are the, we are for God a people that He's redeemed, uh, a people that He has prepared to be His people. From the beginning of uh, time and creation, God has the story of God is that He desired a people for Himself, uh, but people tended to walk the other way away from God instead of towards Him, and so uh, God Himself made a way for people that are wayward and and wander quite a bit, like most of us, to be his bride. And that was through coming himself in the person of Jesus Christ, uh, making a sacrifice of his life so that our sins could be covered, so we could be pure and spotless, without a stain or a wrinkle, uh, his, his bride. And now, once we were not a people, now we are the people of God. That's what the Bible talks about. So there's this dominant metaphor of God talking about us as a church, as his bride, I'd like to share a passage that, that uh, a couple of weeks ago God really put on my heart, where God talks about marriage, but he also talks about uh, the, the idea of us being uh, his, his uh, bride. And this is God's heart, from Isaiah 62, 1-7. For Zion's sake I will not keep silent. For Jer- Jerusalem's sake I will not remain quiet, till her vindication shines out like the dawn, her salvation like a blazing torch. The nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. Hear that passion of God to have a people for himself in that. Um, I will not remain quiet. I will not keep silent, says God, until I get this people for myself. You will be a crown of splendor in the Lord's hand, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. No longer will they call you deserted or or name your land desolate. But you will be called Haziba, which means my delight is in her. And your land will be called Beulah, which means married. For the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. As a young man marries a young woman, so will your builder, God, marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. I have posted watchmen on your walls, Jerusalem. They will never be silent, day or night. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest, and give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. This is the heart of God for a people unto himself. This is God's heart for all of you. Um, Whether you have been to church before, or whether you have heard about uh, Jesus or or the Bible before, this is God's heart, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and become a part of his people, part of his bride. And it is uh, an invitation that has no Limits. We cannot. We cannot. Um, we cannot uh, earn it. It was provided for us by our Lord and Savior, and we. And once we receive it, we cannot lose it. It's God's free gift to us. So before the the couple comes down to to, uh, to face the music here, which is me, uh, Psalm one twenty seven one. This is another passage about. Uh, marriage and about the Lord watching over people, and it says, "Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain; unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain." Like they do invite Tom and Donna forward. a warm welcome to everybody, both this church family here, and also to uh, family and friends of Tom and Don who have come to visit with us. You are our guests of honor, we're so happy to have you, and so thankful for these, these two amazing people who you have all impacted and, uh, and been a part of their lives, and we're, we're so thankful to have them in our life. Uh, today, for everyone who's gathered, you are not just guests, but witnesses of a living, breathing testimony of what God has done in two people's lives, of reconciling them to Himself and also reconciling them to each other, which is a powerful, powerful thing. Uh, As we witness and participate in this ceremony, uh, be thinking about your own life and story, of how God reconciled you to himself, or how God redeemed your life from the pit, as the scriptures say in Psalm 103, and crowned you with love and compassion. For those who are married, consider the vows you you yourself took uh, many years ago or many days ago for some of us more recently married people. And recommit yourself to the God of marriage who has blessed this commitment and is calling you to draw near to your beloved who you promised yourself to all those many days and years ago. This ceremony is an opportunity for all of us to hear from the Lord and to reaffirm our love for him and our love for each other, married or unmarried, as well as to pray for wisdom in our own lives, asking God for eyes to see his great redemption in our stories as well. No matter what any of us might think about our lives, God is at work, God is speaking, God is moving. We often just don't have eyes to see it. It's only a matter of seeing that work and cooperating with the God of redemption who is drawing you to himself. So as we set aside this uh, ceremony, Uh, Please join me in prayer. Father God, uh, we thank you for Tom and Donna, for their marriage. We thank you for how marriage is a picture of your love for us. We ask that you would set apart this time today. That Tom and Donna and all these witnesses would really get a picture of what your redemption looks like. You know, the great story you are telling with our lives to this world. Um, We give you all the glory, honor, and thanks for bringing Tom and Donna on this journey of theirs and for this redemptive moment in which we um, are witnessing today of weaving their lives, creating situations, preparing hearts, and ultimately reconciling and blessing them as a couple. We lift this time up together. In Jesus' name, amen. So for those who don't know, Tom and Donna are already married. This is a vow renewal. And and the reason we're doing it in this context is because it's a very special story of how this all came about. Uh, And and I want to let you know a little bit about them, uh, because I certainly know more about them than you do, and they know much more about themselves than I do, so they can correct me if I'm wrong right here. So just give me a look if I get something wrong. But uh, Donna came to New Life for the first time with her friend Carolyn, who was a coworker, and uh, had been sharing her with her about Jesus for some time. And Donna, I remember, came to a movie night sometime back in 2016, right, uh, that we put out here at the church. And I remember meeting her there and beginning a dialogue with her, uh, which became a friendship over the next months. And after that initial contact at New Life, she didn't come back for a while, but eventually she decided to make a commitment to follow Jesus and made some really big changes in her life. That's your words, not mine, I remember. And she became a regular attendee of this church uh, back in November of 2016, uh, coming with her friend Carolyn, who we all know and love very much. The biggest change, Donna said, was accepting responsibility for her sins and asking God to forgive her and redeem her past through Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross. And from that time, I began to meet with Donna on and off and could literally see Uh, how, over time, in an ever-increasing way, um, she just was trying to put herself underneath the Lordship of Jesus Christ and to say, you know, what does God want from me? And then then to do it. And it was something that was actually quite inspiring to me. So I think maybe those meetings were better for me than for her, perhaps. But It was such an inspiration seeing uh, the way that God changed her and made her stronger in her walk with Him after that initial decision. She changed a lot actually, uh, it's, it's remarkable. And I loved both versions, by the way. You're a fantastic person. The Bible calls this kind of transformation in 2 Corinthians 5.17, the new creation in Christ. The old has gone, the new has come. And this is where someone literally metamorphoses like, like a butterfly in a chrysalis uh, and becomes the same person that they were in essence but different, a new creation, recreated in the image of God. Last year, I had the great privilege of baptizing Donna, and Donna commented to me after that time that she really felt that her life had been given a fresh start, making God and honoring him a priority in all she did. And Donna, I love you very much. You're fantastic. My life is so much richer for having you in it, as anyone can testify who gets to know you or even talks to you for a few moments. I'm so happy that you're part of our family here at the church and part of my extended family as well. This, of course, leads me to another remembrance. There's another person in front of me, a dashing young man uh, with a ponytail. We love him very much. Uh, One day, sometime last year, I was preaching, and afterwards, the preacher's dream came true, the dream of all preachers. And afterwards, uh, the super nice gentleman, uh, known as Tom, came up and shared with me that he had really been impacted a lot by the sermon. That's always good to hear. And he really felt God was speaking directly to him. And he introduced me to me, him to me, to me as uh, Tom Donna's husband, and I was super excited to meet him, and to be honest, super curious about what was happening in uh, in Donna's life, and who this man of mystery was. So I messaged Donna on Facebook and said, "So how's everything going?" You know, trying to trying to see what was happening. And to my delight and amazement, uh, she shared with me that she had reached out to her husband, who she'd been estranged from uh, for several years, uh, shortly after we had met in preparation for baptism. In response to us taking time to pray through her past and make sure that um, we prayed God's healing in her life, this, this marriage came up, and it was something that was kind of, uh, it wasn't going to go anywhere, but Donna actually, from that meeting, reached out to Tom in, in an effort to at least close the loop to, to reconcile things as well as she could. And Tom responded positively, very positively, because he felt like a change was happening in his life as well. And they began to attend this church together, and to rebuild their life as a couple. Uh, Tom had always had a sense of God being there, but this is something he shared with me uh, to share with you. you know, he, he had been in a dark place for a while, uh, and he cried out to God in prayer, and God allowed him to reconcile with his daughter, who he had not uh, been able to be in a relationship with for a very long time. And it was something that, un- that through that prayer, and through that reconciliation, it just unlocked uh, his soul, brought some walls down, and really just filled him up with love and a peace that he hadn't known. So God was working in his life as well. And this blessing from God opened up Tom uh, to to the Lord and to Donna as well. Um, In other words, there is someone else telling a story besides just these two people. God was setting the stage for this reconciliation uh, between Tom and Donna. So I began a series of meetings with them, and we began regular premarital counseling, which is kind of funny when someone's already married. And so we had a lot of chuckles about uh, some of the verbiage in the books we went through. But they came. I think I had more fun than anybody. It was fantastic. We laughed a lot. We talked a lot, shared a lot of stories. And uh, meeting, meeting with these two was a delight and a privilege to me, as it still is today. I could probably sit with them for hours and uh, talk to them. Uh, but it was just such an incredible thing to see uh, in this counseling, just how God was drawing them together. For them, they felt like they were becoming married for the first time. Because before, the marriage hadn't really worked out the way, even though they wanted it to, there were too many walls, too many hurts. Don, Tom described it to me as like, it's just like two, two holes bumping into each other. You just don't, there's, there needs to be something positive there. That's what he shared with me. And, and God put that in them and allowed them to have this bridge where they could build this marriage back up when they thought it was not going to be a possibility. So uh, during, this, during this process, you have Tom and Donna both committed their lives to Jesus Christ. And uh, what I saw happening was two new creations in Christ, building a new marriage in Christ, like a double metamorphosis transformation. It was such a, a, a neat thing, such a new thing for both of them. And it is truly one of the most amazing and beautiful things I've ever seen as a pastor. And I'm so thankful to have been a part of it. For me... I believe so strongly in God's power and God's love and redemption for all people. I really do. And I believe God loves people. And I believe that God calls people to to himself. He convicts people of their sins. and, uh, And when they call out to God, that God is ready to forgive them through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. And then they become a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, the new has come. They become reconciled to God through Jesus. And then when they make Jesus the Lord of their life and live for him... God also does this amazing work of reconciling all of their other relationships. So we have this vertical reconciliation and then God begins to reconcile us with the people around us. Uh, that's my belief. And what I saw before me was my belief on display, the, the, the miracle of God's work. Uh, two people who had given their lives to Christ, who had been forgiven of their sins and made Jesus the Lord of their life and were living to please him, uh, living for him, and then being reconciled one to another uh, through Jesus and, and being made into a completely new relationship. It strengthened my faith, and it should strengthen yours as well. Uh, this is quite, quite an amazing thing. Several months ago, Tom and Donna also became members of this church body together, and we are just beyond happy to have them as part of our family. And uh, I truly feel like in the short time we've known each other that you guys are like family to me and Jackie and our kids, and certainly to many people here uh, who have the blessing of talking to you. Um, We're also thankful for Tom and Donna making 50% of our coffee on on Sunday morning. So just so you know, your coffee's good. These guys are the experts. So we thank you for serving the body here, too, at the church. So seeing something like this on display uh, should cause us to ask this question, what is Jesus doing in my life that I'm not seeing? As I said, you know, Jesus is always working one way this way, one way that way. He's always drawing people to himself, but we don't often perceive it because there's so many distractions and things pulling for our attention. But this is a moment when we can ask, you know, in what ways is God trying to reach out to me? In what days is he trying to redeem my life, to reconcile me to him through Jesus, to, to restore relationships? It all begins with realizing that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We haven't sinned just against people, but we've sinned against God himself. We've messed up our lives, all of us, one way or another. And once we realize this, we call out to God for his forgiveness and redemption in our lives. And when we do that in sincerity of faith, God not only forgives us of our sin and cleanses us from all that unrighteousness, but God doesn't even hold our sins against us anymore. And in fact, the Bible says that he remembers our sins no more. There's one word in the Hebrew that is only used when people talk about God. That's the word salak, which means to forgive. And it's a word that implies forgetting. So, whereas we might remember the offenses that other people have done against us forever, the Bible says that God remembers them no more. So, why and how does God do this? Well, the why is because He loves us. Because God wants the people for Himself. And He gave His life. To make that happen. We couldn't save ourselves, but God came in the form of Jesus Christ with a plan on dying for the, on the cross for us. And the Bible says that Jesus' shed blood on the cross covers our sins so that when God looks at someone who trusts in Jesus, he doesn't see their sin anymore. But he sees the righteousness of Jesus himself. He sees his own righteousness on us. We are covered completely. The Bible then teaches that God makes us into a new creation in Christ and begins reconciling our lives with him and with other people, redeeming bad situations in our lives for his glory and for our good. And the promise of the person who has been forgiven by God through Jesus is that they no longer have to pay for their own sins or be judged and separated from God or punished uh, after they die or in this life. Those who have been forgiven in this way have full assurance they are safe in the arms of God their Father. Fully forgiven and loved through Jesus. The Bible says it this way. For it is by a gift, by grace, that you've been saved. Not by works. Because we could boast in our works. But it's a gift of God. There for the taking, there for the opening. So do bad things still happen uh, to us after we give our lives to Christ? Absolutely. Being a Christian and being a follower of Jesus is not a magical exemption card from difficulties in life, as we all know. But as a Christian, we are now walking through the many and varied difficulties of life with God. And when we give our lives to God, the Bible promises that he will work out all things that happen, both good and bad, joyful and tragic for our good. Every believer can hold on to that promise. You have the promise of God's presence with you while you live, his voice to guide you as you walk in this life. And you have the promise of a life of eternity connected to God in heaven after we die. And when we give our lives to Jesus by turning from our sin and seeking God's redemption, eternal life doesn't start after you die, it begins now. Eternally alive in Christ. Um, and that is what you see before you here, uh, Tom and Donna, the redemption of God, the, redem- the reconciliation of their marriage, and the joy, the, my full joy as a pastor and it's something that I recognize because it's something that I experienced myself. The Lord, David says in, the, in 1 Samuel, is my lamp. He turns my darkness into light. God's done that for me. I could tell you a story. God's done that for these two. God will do that for anyone who takes a moment to uh, humble themselves and say, you know what? I need you, God. I need your help. Um, God doesn't show favoritism. It's for all who come to him. So we are so joyful to be here at this moment with you guys recommitting your marriage to Jesus, something we've dreamed about for many months uh, as we started uh, counseling. And I'm very excited for this. And we rejoice with you on this special day. So here comes, here comes the part that's going to require a little bit of you guys. I'm, gonna, I'm going to read something to you, Tom, then read something to you. You guys have to say, I do. Okay? That you? There's, gonna, there's uh, just right on the back of your hands. So Tom, do you recommit yourself to Donna as your wife? And do you commit yourself to her to be responsible in the marriage relationship, to give yourself to her in love and work, to invite her fully into your being so that she can know who you are, to cherish her above all others and to respect her individuality by encouraging her to be herself and to grow into the person that God intends her to be. Donna, do you recommit yourself to taking Tom to be your husband? And do you commit yourself to him and to be responsible in the marriage relationship, to give yourself to him in love and respect and work, to invite him fully into your being so that he can know who you are, to cherish him above all others, and to respect his individuality by encouraging him to be himself and to grow in all that God intends for him? All right. Tom and Donna, please face each other. I'm going to lead you in some vows. So Tom, repeat after me. I recommit myself to taking you, Donna, I to, taking you, Donna to, be to be my wife. I promise before God and these witnesses,
1: and these witnesses to, be husband,
0: to be your faithful husband, to share with you in plenty and in want,
1: in, and in, want.
0: in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, and in health. To, forgive and to forgive and strengthen you whenever it is needed, and to join with you, to join with you. so that together we may serve God, so we may serve God. And, others. and others as long as, we both shall live. long as we both shall live. Donna, I recommit myself to taking you, Tom, to be my husband. I promise before God and these witnesses to be your faithful wife to share with you in plenty and in want in plenty and in want in joy and in sorrow in sickness and in health to forgive and strengthen you whenever it is needed and to join with you so that together we may serve God and others, as long as we both shall live. Tom and Donna have purchased new rings to share their new start together. So I'm going to pray, and I ask you to join with me in praying over these rings. Lord, we ask that you bless these rings as a symbol of Tom and Donna's eternal uh, commitment to each other and purity for all of their days. So Tom... Repeat after me as you place this ring on Donna's finger. Donna, Donna I, love you. I love you. And give you this ring, you this ring. As, a as a sign of my love and faithfulness. Very good. As you place this ring on Tom's finger, repeat after me, Donna. Tom. Tom. I love you. And give you this ring as a sign of my love and faithfulness. Very good. So take hands and and, uh, face me. And we're going to pray for you. And if you are someone who is comfortable doing this, or even if you're not, just reach out your hand and pray for them uh, as a symbol of your support and love in the midst of this recommitment of their marriage. Father God, we are truly thankful for what you're doing in the lives of our friends, Tom and Donna, and their family, and, and what, what, what their presence in our church means for us. Wow, we are thankful. And We pray your blessing upon them, God. We pray that you would give them many years together of health and blessings in their lives. And Lord, you would finish the work that you started in them, for you are the one who is faithful, who has promised that you will, you will finish the work that you begin in your people. So God, I just pray for the fullness of your redemption to be made evident in their life. Pray that you'd use them in a mighty way to encourage other people, whether they be single or married, uh, to follow you and to know you more and to know that they can come to you um, through Jesus, just like they did. Bless them, Lord Jesus. Let this truly be for them a new start. Um, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Tom, uh, you may kiss your bride, and then we're going to have a, a dance up here for you guys. <laughs> so, I, I, uh, I took a request from the couple to, to learn a song for them. This is a song that, they, that reflects how they feel for each other and about what God's done in their lives.
1: amazed at the way you love me all the time maybe I'm afraid of the way I love you maybe I'm amazed at the way you pulled me out of time hung me on the line maybe I'm amazed at the way I really need you Maybe I'm a man, maybe I'm a lonely man Who's in the middle of something He doesn't really understand Maybe I'm a man, maybe you're the only woman Who could ever help me Baby won't you help me understand? Maybe I'm amazed at the way you're with me all the time. Maybe I'm afraid of the way I need you. Maybe I'm amazed at the way you help me sing my song. Write me when I'm wrong. Maybe I'm amazed at the way I really need you. Maybe I'm a man, maybe I'm a lonely man who's in the middle of something he doesn't really understand. Maybe I'm a man, maybe you're the only woman who could ever help me. Baby, won't you help me understand? Ooh. Maybe I'm amazed at the way you love me all the time. Maybe I'm amazed at the way I love you. Maybe I'm amazed the way you pulled me out of time. Hung me on the line.
0: Maybe I'm
1: amazed at the way I really need you.
0: recesses. There's cake in the lobby. This won't go back on. There's cake in the lobby. There's going to be a cake cutting and they're going to feed each other hilariously. So let's celebrate together as a family and give them a hand.